Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Paint Color. This is Amy Crane, owner of Amy Crane Color, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Amy Wolf. Hello. Yes, hello, who is the owner of Amy Wolf Color and Design. Today, we're going to tackle a subject which really bothers many homeowners. And I think we'll start a way that we have one other time, which I think will be effective for this one. What do people really get wrong about rooms that are dark and uh, how do they approach it? Not the not a good way. So I, I think there's I think we're in agreement about one really major thing here. And so Amy, why don't you dive in and tell everybody what they always get wrong? I think one of the things that we certainly have heard year after year, consult after consult, is a client will show us a room that is inherently dark and they will ask to make it lighter with white paint or a light color. Can we make this inherently dark room brighter, whiter with a light color paint? And the analogy I often use, which I think drives the message home, is that if you take a an inherently dark room, whether it just doesn't have a lot of light, a lot of exposure, maybe a northern exposure, And you try to, you know, if you paint it white, you're basically going to have something that looks like the color of dishwater. You know, it's going to die, you know, and, and so what I generally suggest is, like, let's just embrace what is. Let's take that inherently dark room, you know, fill it with some kind of a rich, deep, dark, moody, interesting color, make a little jewel box out of it. Um, You know, just, just get with the reality and run with it. So... Yeah, I, I, I agree, Amy, completely. I think that it's sort of a natural inclination of people to say, it's so dark, let's put white in it or a, a super light color. And I think that what they're not understanding, understandably, is that color is reflected light. So when you see a green wall, it's green because it's absorbing all the other all the other colors in the visible spectrum, but it is reflecting green. So for reflections to happen, there needs to be light in the room. So without light to reflect color and lightness, you're not going to have a light room. Lightness and brightness are actually subjective perceptions. And the counterpoint to them is luminance, which is the intensity of light reflected off of a surface into the observer's eye. And that's measured in something called LRV, light reflectance value. And that is a number that you can find out about the paint color that you're using. So the higher the number, the closer to full reflectance or white and the lower the number, closer to black. So 
Getting back to where we started, if you want a room to feel brighter and it's inherently dark, you might have more success going with a color that has a similarly high LRV, but isn't white, so it won't look like dishwater, like yellow. Okay, if you don't like yellows, that's fine. Don't go yellow. But you can use LRV, that number, to get a sense of how much light that color is going to reflect. But I agree, Amy, embrace is the big word here. You know, it's reality. That room is dark, it's dark. So I always say my big word is distract, okay? Or three words, distract with drama. Distract with drama so people aren't noticing or dwelling on the fact it's a really dark room. And so how do we have drama? We have drama from color, we have drama from pattern. So I'm with you, you know, let's put some color in the room, even, even dark colors. So Amy, what kind of rooms do you, uh, do you like putting a darker color into when it's a naturally dark room? What, what, what types of room? Um, what do you take into consideration? That kind of thing. So I have um, what I consider my big four. And this is what I share with clients when we're looking for places to either go dark, bold, splash out a little bit, get a little more adventurous. And those are foyers, powder rooms, laundry rooms, and guest rooms. That's partially driven by function because we don't spend a lot of time in any of those four spaces. So particularly when a client is a little timid about going bold, um, those are rooms, you know, I mean, your foyer, you come and go. It creates a dramatic, there we go, drama, creates a dramatic entr uh, uh, entrance, you know, to, to load a, a f an entry foyer with a, a darker, bold, or dramatic color. But it's a low commitment in terms of time because you're just coming and going. You know, we often see foyers from all around the house, but it serves as an accent and not really like a living space because it's really a traffic space. So foyers are great. Um, a powder room is great because mostly that's a five minute <laughs> relationship. You know, you're not in there too long. So let's, let's go with it. Let's do something a little crazy in there. Um, guest rooms, of course, are fun because you don't have to live in them. And, um, yeah, it's just a fun place to play and experiment. And then laundry rooms, of course, because I think laundry should be made as fun as possible, however possible. And I think sometimes that means, you know, coral or, you know, a vivid turquoise or something. Maybe not a dark color, but certainly a bold color for a laundry room. Oh, Amy, I agree. I totally, I agree with you. I was going to say, oh, laundry room, I just wouldn't go dark because you really want to see the stains and the dirt and stuff like that. Yeah. Here's, I will say there was one um, project I did in Florida a number of years ago, and the laundry room was quite visible. This was in a single story condo. And the laundry room was quite visible from a lot of the passageways, the hallway, and that door stayed open a lot. And my client had those really cool, dark, metallic laundry machines, kind of like that gunmetal color. Mm -hmm. And so what I really wanted to do is I wanted to settle the laundry machines down so that you wouldn't see them from the hallway so much. So in that space, 
yes, I agree with you. Functionally, we want to be able to see stains, but the um, more important function of the wall color in that space was to camouflage those laundry machines. So we loaded that, um, pardon the pun, (laughs) we loaded that laundry room. We put a dark, smoky gunmetal color on the walls. And so the washing machines just kind of disappeared. That's great. So eh, there's an exception to every rule, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? By by mentioning you know more of a bold color than a dark color, you did remind me that there is that other uh, kind of approach that isn't uh, isn't going with a light color because it won't feel light. Isn't going with a dark color because that's scary to some people. But is to go with a higher chroma color, a bolder color, more saturated, intense, colorful version of a color than you would in a room with lots of natural light because that natural light if you know if you've got a a bold orange or turquoise or something on the walls in a room that's dark the lack of natural light is going to really temper that color you're not going to see it at its full velocity um so it's really it's really a great kind of room to put more color into both from the standpoint of distraction and drama and also from the standpoint of it not becoming overpowering because there isn't enough light for it to be overpowering. Um, I would add to your list dining room because I, I think it's important to also when thinking about dark rooms is to think about, you know, not only the function of the room, but what time of day that you use it. So powder rooms um, share an attribute with dining rooms, believe it or not, and that uh, powder rooms <laughs> often don't have a window. Not always, but they often don't have a window. And um, therefore, they are illuminated by artificial light, your light fixtures. And dining rooms, generally, we're using in the evening so that it doesn't matter how much natural light it gets because it's dark outside. So both are rooms that um, are being used when you're lighting with your light fixtures. And though that should inform the kind of color that you use. You know, you can go dark. You can go dramatic. It's different. Its function is different. So that's important, too. I've also put interesting accent colors on dining room ceilings for the similar reason. You know, I think that we can do a little more drama in a dining room. Mm. So strong color on the wall, maybe a little interesting creative color on the ceiling as well. Um, Because you're right. And functionally, we need to see what we're eating. But, you know, it's not like we're doing handwork or checking laundry stains or cooking. Right, right. And you you know, I mean, that that also speaks to how adequate your chandelier is. And if it's on dimmers, you know, everyone loves dimmer, dimmer, dimmer. I'm really not a dimmer person for the light fixtures. I mean, I, I just really like a lot of bright light. But um, dining room is a room I think it's really important to have your light fixture on a dimmer. So you get that lighting just right for who's there, how many people are there, the temperature, the mood, how you're decorating your table, you know, the whole thing. So lighting is lighting is so important you know I'm thinking about um, a recent client I had Amy she um, she's in Miami and she had an open plan open plan one floor house three three kids she and her husband Uh, there had been a lot of additions to the house so it was not at all in the layout of a typical ranch I mean really kind of strange in a way 
and um, these internal spaces in the middle that weren't near windows, you know, it was in the middle of this big space, but there were walls and partial walls that created these nooks. There was the this nook and the that nook. And um, she had sent me her inspiration pictures and they were all white walls and um, white and a lot of light natural wood and a real particular look that's been trending over the last whole bunch of years. You know, those white, almost boho decorated spaces. And then she told me that she came to me because she tried to repaint a few times herself. And the problem was, even though she kind of wanted one color, she wanted a different feeling in each space. But the bigger problem was that this is classic. What looked good here didn't look good there. You know, so we got into the... Oh, I see. Because of the light exposure, different... Yes, because yeah, of yeah, the light okay. exposure. Some right. some so areas... Looked, yeah, looked good on one wall and didn't look good on another wall. Right. And it was, right. you know, because it was all open plan, you know, you have to be so careful about where you make color changes. And so she wanted this kind of big, open, airy, white-ish space. But she couldn't deal with the fact that, you know, the same color would look crappy in the breakfast room part of the kitchen versus the living room or whatever. So, you know, first we went through the whole color is reflected light thing. We're so used to looking at all the colors, uh, the colors of the, the four walls in a room, be it white or any color, and understanding that in the corners, it's darker, um, across, you know, next to a window, it's darker. We just understand it. We don't think twice about it. But I think when people are out there trying to pick a new color, they're really examining how the color looks in each part of it, of the space. And um, they're looking for consistency that you can't really have. So anyway, what we did was a bunch of different, almost whites. Um, they were warm, they were not clear, bright whites because she did have some really shadowy spaces. So we did a few different um, Sherwin-Williams whites. The trim was white flower. She wanted contrast. So we went with white flower, which is a really nice toned, but lighter white in all of the house. And then we did different almost whites. We did cotton white. We did classic light buff. We did kestrel white. I love pastoral white. And so I, I gave her these, these, and I said, you know what? This is really nuanced. So you may not walk from one room to the other and say, wow, we just changed colors. Okay. And, um, and, that's, and that's how we approached it. So that's a scenario where a client really insisted on having something white-ish and we had to deal with the fact that some spaces were dark-ish. Good. I was really scared you were going to tell me that you were putting in dark accent walls. <laughs> no, but you know what, Amy? No, 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 no. But we did have an accent wall in the dining room. And it was it was a light tan. It was natural linen. Uh-huh. But I know, no, you, I know you and I have a very different uh, propensity and tolerance for contrast in colors. My house, many rooms in my house is simply, are simply white. And I have an accent wall that's um, Pacific, Sea, um, Pacific Sea Teal, which has a really low LRV. You know, it's probably like, you know, under, under 10. So again, close to zero and it's black. And so it's high contrast. And I, I like that. That is different. That wall is different. I always say that it, 
you know, an accent wall requires an architectural justification. Right. And that wall, dear listeners, I will tell you, sits sort of in the center of Amy's house. It in and all the rooms sort of flow around it. And that wall holds a television. And it sits almost like a sculptural presence. It's a freestanding wall. wall. It it is its own and it's a and it's its own entity. And so in that case, that dark color I love. Mm. It makes so much sense. It does exactly the right thing. And I will say this about dark colors. If, if, and the accent wall thing, if I can put a dark color behind a TV, mm-hmm. I will always do that. Because what that's going to do is it's going to kind of help absorb the TV and make it disappear. I mean, people are doing these things with TVs now where the TV has artwork on it. And that's kind of cool because it looks like art. I've been fooled. I'm going to confess. <laughs> Oh, well, fool me once. I've only been fooled once. And then the next time I saw the TV in another client's home, I was like, ah, I know what you're up to here. <laughs> but I do think for a regular traditional black hole in the wall TV, that loading a color behind it that's really dark and going to kind of reduce the contrast and absorb it is always a good thing. Okay. Um, I think the same thing is true for um, bookcases that have a lot of stuff. When you want to kind of lower the contrast because it's visual contrast that draws your eye to things. And if you've got a bookcase that's got an awful lot of stuff on it and you want to kind of settle it down, what comes to mind is a bookcase uh, one of my clients had that was filled with all the little arts and crafts projects her kids had made over the years. So it was very cute. It was really very heartfelt. It was in her bedroom, but in order to sort of calm the visual noise down, we put a darker color behind all that stuff. So it reduced the contrast and, and kind of absorbed the, the, the clutter a little bit. So, I mean, it was lovely clutter, but, you know, it was still lots of, lots of visual data. But anyway, I don't for one second think I don't love that wall in your living room. <laughs> okay. Thank God. <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. I think it's completely amazing. So, and that's, you know, there's that functional thing, that functional, yeah. you know, like what's it doing? So, yeah. About bookcases, I had a client up in the capital region uh, around Albany, um, and the husband was taking a room that was off the kitchen on one side, off the living room on the other It must have been the dining room. Yeah, it was a dining room. But with all the work at home during COVID and all, he was turning it into his home office. And it wasn't um, a super dark room. I mean, it wasn't super bright, but it wasn't super dark. The husband veered towards brighter colors. So he was someone I had to kind of pull back a little bit. I kept hearing what he had to say and giving him the colors in that vein, but that were a little bit more tame than he was asking for. But um, the trim in that room was white. The ceiling was white. He, there was millwork on one whole wall, and it was white. He wanted to keep it so. But he wanted bright colors in there. So in the back of the bookcase, we put hail orange. Oh, love. Which is a beautiful orange, but kind of deep also. But the walls, the other three walls of the room, he wanted a bright color. And since the room wasn't that dark, I gave him a color... Um, it was it was a turquoise, and it was definitely it was definitely uh, brighter than I would normally do. But it was on three walls, not four. The room was a little dark, so there was a situation where you know higher chroma colors because a, a darker room. The last um, the last office that I did was also for a client's husband, 
and he is he's the son of an interior designer and he kind of hung off to the side until it was time to pick the color for his office again this is a room just off the kitchen um he works from home the room is a little on the dark side there is a piano at one end and we ended up going with benjamin moore's claret from the william collection which is sort of a pinky corally kind of color wow bold for a guy i'm really excited so um that'll that'll be a, a fun a fun project hats off to men who embrace colors that might be stereotyped as female colors which is so silly but you know the colors in the in the orange the warm ones the hot ones the orange the pink the red you know the purple yep I did a coral coral bathroom here in Northampton um, last year, I think, during the pandemic. And we did tile halfway up the wall. Um, and so the coral was, you know, just a, a slice of coral in this bathroom. But it was essentially a white bathroom with very dark charcoal gray accents and coral above the tile and just nice. really, really gorgeous. And it, in that family, I've done a bunch of projects for these folks and over the years. And in that family, the husband is the lead designer in the, in nice. the group. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's fun. And that uh, hail orange. Hail, did you yeah, say hail, hail orange? orange? Right. Or hail orange or I'm thinking, did I use hail orange or Tucker orange? One of those really strong orange colors. I also put in a powder room in a project mm. in Baltimore. And it was tiny, teeny tiny, with a sloped ceiling. And we just wrapped that whole, every single bit of paintable wall in that orange. So it was it was really great. Another one of my um, kind of favorite, there are, I have a couple favorite purples that I use in powder rooms. Also from that Williamsburg collection, um, you know, when people love purple, but they're a little afraid to do purple, elsewhere in the house, powder rooms are just perfect. Powder rooms are perfect for purple. How about that for some alliteration? So I love Carter Plum, which is a dark, rich, you know, reddish, plummy purple. And then also there's a color called Pell Smokehouse that's kind of a smoky purple. It feels like a neutral uh, with a strong purple um, undertone to it. And it's, it's just a really interesting, dramatic, talk about going for the drama. And I've put that in libraries, music rooms, um, powder rooms. Um, it, it just, it's just, it's a great color. It's really, really kind of fun. I thought of that other color, that turquoise. It's called Tidal Wave. It's a Benjamin Moore color. And you can look it up, you guys. I mean, y'all. Um, it's it's brighter than I would normally do if the room didn't have a lot of other colors and was wasn't kind of dark. Yeah, and then again, warmer colors when it's a darker room. You know, colors that have yellow or orange, even if you're not going full blown yellow, full blown orange. Colors that have those tones come from those hue families in them, even if they're neutralized somewhat. I just used a warm sort of sort of caramel but not exactly it's an af color affinity which i rarely use and it's called honeymoon in a sunroom so obviously it didn't have a natural light problem but uh it came off of a kitchen dining area that was lime white i think another really warm benjamin moore white so we were, were staying we were staying warm on that part of the house and that worked really well but getting back to embracing dark colors 
for dark rooms. Some that I like, Randolph Gray, Amy, I know that you mentioned that off offline. I mean, that is one of my favorite colors. Oh my God, I loved it. And I, I've used it on millwork and in, in living rooms. And I've... Um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I've done some incredible exteriors, a horse arena and a barn, both in Randolph Gray. I suggested it for shutters on a pink house. I think it is so fantastic. It's kind of in the world of the millstone gray, which we both like, those like really muted green, like such a dark olive that you're not sure if it's green or if it's gray or what it is, but it's it's so great. And uh, black bean soup, if you want a really dark brown. You know, I was on Instagram yesterday, just schmoozing around and I, I saw a, a, a living room or bedroom that a, a, another designer had designed and it had wallpaper that was uh, sort of a an off-white background with a brownie cognac design on it. The trim in the room was brown and a lot of the bedding was brown and I just thought no one uses it. No one uses it. They think of it as being so masculine or possibly outdated and I think not enough brown is used out there. I mean, there are beautiful browns and it's so appropriate for so many different kind of spaces. But black bean soups are really dark brown. And I've used that on an exterior. Um, and Rushing River, Deep River, those are those are dark ones as well. And then uh, a few in Sherwin-Williams, um, Jasper and Inkwell, Raisin and Cascades. Those are a few. How about you, Amy? Well, that Randolph Gray you mentioned, um, where I'm using that right now is uh, in a new construction project in Maine um, that I'm working on. And the family entrance uh, is a, a big mudroom. And then there's a small, basically a walkthrough pantry that then emerges into a kitchen. And mm-hmm. so we have this sort of tiny corridor hallway type pantry and again here we have a small dark space it there's no lighting in here you know there's there'll be obviously electrical lighting but no natural light and I said why don't we go with something really dramatic something really bold um again interestingly the husband in this project was um asking for black (laughs) somewhere (laughs) I know and, and this was my answer to black kitchen cabinets or a black island, was to use this Randolph Gray. So we are putting the Randolph mm-hmm. Gray in the island in the kitchen. But this pantry is going to be Randolph Gray. And because it's so inherently dark, it's going to be like this little jewel boxy thing. And one of the things I love about doing dark colors, whether it's a dark foyer where you come into the house and you get this dramatic entrance, and then you walk into the larger spaces and relatively speaking, the colors are lighter, brighter. And, and so what it creates is this sense of sort of enclosure in the smaller, darker spaces, such that when you move into the larger, brighter spaces, you get this really expansive um, kind of like somatic body experience of expansion. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright used that. If you've ever been to like Falling Water or that's the only Frank Lloyd Wright building I've been to, but um, he employed this technique in his architecture where he would have these teeny tiny, almost claustrophobic hallways. And so you'd get what he considered compression, physical compression from a small hallway. And I'm using that dark color to create the physical compression. 
And then you move into the larger space that opens up with the bright color, and that's the release. So it's compression and release. And so dark color, and then whew, you emerge into this kitchen where things are lighter. I will say we're not going, this kitchen is not going to be white. We're not going with a lighter colored kitchen. Um, the cabinetry... Well, the cabinetry is going to be sort of like a mid-tone, taupey gray-brown. Love it. Um, and then the dark Randolph gray on the island. The countertops are going to be marble. Uh, lots and lots and lots of tile from counter to ceiling. So there will probably be no paint in this room at all. There will be some paint. That's not true. Um, probably going to match the paint to the tile when we find the tile because that's turning out to be an exciting challenge. But anyway, that idea of compression and release, whether, you know, it's um, one of my first clients here when I came to Massachusetts um, wanted colors of Provence. And so she's got beautiful rust colors and golden yellow and really lovely heartwarming colors. And I convinced her to paint her really dark foyer, navy blue, a dark blue. And she literally called me three separate times before the painters showed up. And said to me, tell me again why you want me to do this. <laughs> because she really, it, it was counterintuitive. I mean, it's true. Just as we opened this this show with, this notion, it is counterintuitive to paint a dark room dark. But I explained that, you know, there was just no way we were going to make it light and bright. This was a front foyer with a stairway. And there were white spindles on the staircase going up. Mm -hmm. And those also just sparkle against a darker color, um, darker grays in hallways, uh, you know, in, on stair walls. So that all that architectural detail of the star, stairs really shines. You know, you put a white color there and then you've got the white spindles and they just kind of disappear. So anyway, we painted it navy blue. I think it was um, probably Van Dusen. And she later told me it was the most talked about room in her house. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> great. Great. Yeah, yeah. You know, ye of little faith. I, it's hard. It's hard to, to break points of view that you've held your whole life. And, you know, humans gravitate towards light. You know, given a person has two houses or two apartments, identical that they can they can go for they can rent or buy you know one has tons of natural light and one doesn't which are people going to take i mean as humans we are drawn towards light think about that um seasonal disorder that has to do with lack of natural light you know we want it we want it so badly we don't even understand why we want it but it makes us feel good so it is counterintuitive to go dark in a dark space but as you're right as we started this segment off it's you can't make it light so let's make it something else let's make it dramatic let's make it fun let's make it surprising and you can do all of that with a dark color or a bolder brighter color or a pattern wallpaper yay wallpaper love it you know D distract distract <laughs> oh yeah that's yep right right <laughs> distract with drama i like that one yeah <laughs> all right well this has been fun. I enjoy talking to you about color always and dark colors and bold colors are certainly subject near and dear to our hearts, dear listeners, as you know. So yes, yes. So until next time, um, thanks for 
spending a half an hour with us as we talk about Color for the Built World. And if you would like to hear about something particular, you can find us at letstalkpaintcolor.com and send us a note. Let us know what you think and what um, what you'd like to hear us talk about next. Take care. And, and listeners, thanks so much for tuning in because we just found out that our podcast is in the top 10% of the 3 million <laughs> podcasts that are produced around the world a year. Yay yeah. us. And yay, yay you for listening. Yeah, we could not do that without our listeners. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, until next time. 